So, um, I'm going to give you an overview of what I'm going to cover, then I'm going to try and cover it. Uh, I have enough here for uh, one semester at the uh, Highlands Community College, uh, which I plan to present today, so it's going to be fun. Um, first, I'm going to cover the early history, which is from the Big Bang to the fish hook. That's the first part. <laughs> then there's from the fish hook to now, that part of history. And then there's the future, which I'm going to focus on computers and consciousness. So um, when I went to college, they warned us it would be a little bit like trying to sip water from a full open fire hydrant. And it was. And I intend to make this the same. So if you can catch a few drops, of course, I may not. Um, oh. Uh, I'd like to tell you my credentials. I was valedictorian in my high school class. There were 27 people in my high school class. Half of them couldn't speak English. Uh, I went to high school in Venezuela. Um, I didn't have the highest grades, but the other girl didn't carry a full load, so she got to be a salutatorian. And I gave a talk on computers in 1957, which I was very proud of. And afterwards, one of my father's friends came up. He said, Harry, that was brilliant. I didn't understand a word of it. <laughs> I was crushed. <laughs> I, I, I felt I had failed miserably. Uh, I didn't want to be brilliant. I wanted to be understood. Um, so first we start off with Harry's short history of the universe. It goes like this. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there was simple matter. Then there was complex matter. Then there was life. Then there was consciousness. Then there was what's next? And what's after that? So that's the history of the universe. Um, <coughs> I want to deal with some local stuff first. Um, um, just to get some perspective, our galaxy, um, our sun is rather large compared to us. In fact, 98% of the, uh, the mass in our solar system is in the sun, 98.8%. And most of the rest is in Neptune. We are less than 1%, far less than 1% of the mass in the solar system. Um, our nearest star is Alpha Centauri, which is actually three stars, and it's about 3.4 light years away. It happens that we can't see it. It's in the southern hemisphere. The nearest one we can see, well, the nearest one to us is another star, but we can't see it either <laughs> because it's too, it's too dull, too dark. Uh, but we can see the dog star, uh, which is the nearest star that we can see. The closest visible star is Barnard's star, another red dwarf. Unfortunately, it's too dim to be seen. So, um, I, another thing I wonder was curious about, where is the center of the universe? You know, where are we? Are, are we on the outside? Or at, and, and I looked it up on, on uh, Wikipedia. Guess what? This, the universe doesn't have a center. So I tried to figure that one out. They said, think of the surface of a balloon with dots all over it. 
Where's the center on the surface of the balloon? We'd say the center of the balloon. Now, that's not part of our universe. We only have the surface. So we're on this, a dot on a, a sphere of conceptually uh, with no center. Because where is the center? And oddly enough, it's expanding. So everything is going away from everything else. So that, that's where we are. Um, okay. That's a little bit on that. Now let's see. History of the known universe. Get ready for the fire hydrant. <clears throat> the universe began about 13.8 billion years ago. Life on Earth about 3.5 billion years ago. What science think is the very early life of the universe is very interesting, but I won't go into that today. The star and the planet building phase. Basically, some things happens left a lot of what might be called dust or gas. Over billions of years, it collected into the structure we now have, stars, planets, galaxies. At one phase, almost all matter was in the form of hydrogen atoms. That was a simple matter phase. Stars formed, burned, exploded, collapsed, and even collided. This process somehow led to more complex atoms uh, further up the atomic scale. So the whole scale we have, initially it was all hydrogen, and then it got more and more complex. Eventually, carbon atoms were formed. These happen to be one of the basic building blocks of life. Our sun is at least a third generation star, possibly a fourth generation. This means that all the matter in the sun and the planets around it, us, is a result of three or four cycles of going from solid matter to stardust and then reforming back into another star. We are all made from stardust. Third or fourth generation stardust. I found that interesting. About 3.8 billion years ago, the Earth had cooled enough to form a solid crust. This is the age of the oldest rocks. Around 3.3 billion years ago, microscopic living cells evolved on Earth. Life, 3.3 billion years ago. 1.5 billion years ago, plants appear. Big gap, 3.3 to 1.5. 1 billion years ago, the advent of sex accelerates the pace of biological evolution. You think sex is important? Things were going pretty slow until sex came into the picture. <laughs> there was uh, 2.3 billion years that, that not much happened. Around 800 million years ago, animals appear, mostly flatworms and jellyfish. 500 million years ago, the first vertebrates, backbones. 425 million years ago, life migrates to dry land. Nothing on dry land before 425 million years ago. 395 million years ago, the first insects, they've been around. 325 first land vertebrates, 300 million years ago, first mammals. 70 million years ago, pre-primates. Note the gap, 300 million years ago, first, first mammals, 70 million years ago, pre-primates. 230 million years to, to go from the first mammal to anything like us. 35 million years ago, early horses. 25 million years ago, early cats and dogs. 21 million years ago, apes, monkeys depart down separate evolutionary path. 5 million years ago, ape man diverges from chimpanzee family. 
3.2 million years, eight man walks upright. 1.8 million years ago, Homus erectus, first true man in China. 600,000 years ago, first Homo sapiens arrived. Around 200,000 years ago, and this is of course debatable and the scientists can come and tell me later, but there were humans very much like us, physically. The hardware was there. The brains were essentially identical. The bodies were essentially identical. 200,000 years ago, humans like us existed. What's happened since then is the software has changed. The hardware is the same. The software has changed. Um, 42,000 years ago, the fish hook. Now that's recent. They used to say 14,000, but they just discovered recently. And if you look in your program, you can see a picture. That was the fish hook they discovered. They've dated it 42,000 years ago. Now, think about that. From the year 200,000, when man already had a brain just like we have, until the year 42,000, they had not invented the fish hook, as far as we know. What were they doing all that time? <laughs> Why, if they had brains as good as ours, were they so, quote, stupid? And the answer is, they weren't stupid, they were ignorant. And it's amazing how long it takes to figure out anything. We think we're so smart, and we figured out so much. A few thousand years from now, they're going to look back and say, those idiots. <laughs> they hadn't even yet invented the, quote, fish hook, whatever the fish hook is that we haven't invented. So that, that's what's coming. Um, 160,000 years ago, the controlled use of fire. 35 years ago, 35,000 years, first musical instruments. 20,000 years ago, agriculture. So that's uh, a brief history of, of how we got up to where we are. Um, there's, a, there's a lot more stuff going on. Let me just mention a few of them. And, ha, huh, time is popping along here. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. Huh. I shouldn't leave that out. Very, very important little addition here. Um, I've got pages here on the, uh, the evolution of uh, the human race. Uh, little things like winded language come in. Nobody knows, of course. Uh, some estimates 200,000 years, maybe, more or less. Some say 40,000. Pretty wide gap. Winded language start. Probably took a long, long time. Much debate. Some people think it started real quickly. But uh, language came fairly late. Remember, we were here 200,000 uh, 600,000 years ago with our bodies and brains and probably weren't talking till maybe 200,000 years ago, maybe much later. I have my own personal theory that before we could talk, we sang. And we communicated by rhythm and tone. And the way you would say there's a lion coming to eat us might be la 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 or something like that, see? So that's why music and singing is very, very built into us. I think we early communicated through singing without words. And then eventually somebody said, let's, you know, why don't we make some sounds make mean one thing and some another. Um, okay, 
Uh, I've got some books here. Well, I'll tell you about it. It's called, what's it called? The Second Machine Age. Latest, hottest book for geeks. The Second Machine Age. In it, it, it shows a, a curve that shows the level of civilization of the human race. And this guy named Morris put together four factors and he judged every major civilization in history on these four factors. And it goes along pretty flat until around 1850 when the steam engine was invented and then the Industrial Revolution and then computers and it turns up like this by his measure. He also has a similar curve of the population of the planet. How many humans were there on the planet? And it goes along pretty darn flat, around three or four million for most of the history of the human race. And then back about uh, 5,000 BC or so, 10,000 BC, it starts to turn up a little, gets up around 350 million, um, around, I don't know, three, around 500 BC, Romans, whatever. But all of a sudden, starting around 1850, starts heading up. We're now at 7 billion. Most of that growth has happened in the last, since, since the steam engine. He says the steam engine did it. The first use of portable power is what kicked in and allowed us to grow from 350 million to 7 billion. He says the computer revolution is going to do the same thing, same kind of thing. It's an equally big deal. Uh, I agree. So. Okay, so I got one more thing to cover before we jump over to uh, consciousness. Uh, it's just a little thing. Let me find the right folder. There's future computers. There uh, is star. How big is the known universe? Yeah, that's good. Our Earth is one of a group of planets orbiting a star we call the Sun. We are only the third planet. We are the third planet out. Our Sun is a star in the Milky Way galaxy. is about one-third of the way out from the center of the spiral galaxies. Astronomers estimate that the Milky Way contains up to 400 billion stars. They're pretty sure of 200 billion, and they can't see the others. They think it might be as many as 400 billion stars in our galaxy, our little local galaxy. The Milky Way is one of up to 400 billion galaxies. Get some idea what's going on here? 200 billion stars in the Milky Way, 400 billion galaxies like the Milky Way or bigger. There are spiral galaxies out there with more than a trillion stars and a giant elliptical galaxies with 100 trillion stars. Some galaxies are more than 300 times larger than the Milky Way. And there are tiny dwarf galaxies with a fraction. According to astronomers, there are probably more than 170 billion gal galaxies in the observing. Assuming our galaxy is about average size, the number of stars in the universe is around 170 billion times 400 billion. Boggles the mind. This is a minimum value. The universe could be much bigger. It could be infinite, in fact. There may be many stars outside the observable universe. That's a lot of stars. Prior to 2010, scientists thought there were about 100 billion stars in the Milky Way and about 100 billion galaxies in the universe. Well, the Hubble and other 
space telescopes and Earth have changed that. That's since 2010. We've doubled the estimate of the number of stars in our Milky Way and greatly increased the number of galaxies that may exist. And we now know there may be many we can't see. So, planets. We live on a planet. Aha. Time is popping along. I will simply mention that there are about 40 billion habitable planets in the Milky Way. Planets roughly the size of the Earth and roughly the right distance from their sun to be in the Goldilocks zone. The Goldilocks zone where it's not too hot or too cold for water to exist most of the year. Estimate is 40 billion in the Milky Way. Probably a whole lot more than that because we're only looking at ones around our size. And there's no reason to think that one much bigger in its own Goldilocks zone couldn't support life. So uh, a lot of planets can support life. You may have read in the newspaper last week they found a habitable planet, most like the Earth. Um, it's similar in size to our own Goldilocks zone. That uh, University of California Berkeley astronomer. The object found dubbed Kepler-186f circles a red dwarf 500 light years from Earth. 500 light years. Remember the closest star was 3.4 um, light years? The fastest craft we have now is going 60,000 kilometers per hour. It would take it 78,000 years to get to the nearest star. Take it 9.7 million years to get to this planet. If we can increase the speed by 100, it would only take 970,000 years or something like that. You know? So, uh, okay. Don't go off yet, clock. <laughs> um, computers. Um, uh, my life is computers. Computers are new. We're just at the beginning. If you think of a growth curve looking like this, things start off kind of slow, then they go fast, then they level off. The question is, where are we in the growth of computers? Some people say we're up here near the curve, near the top. It's about to level out. I say we're just barely starting the upslope. Uh, and there are those that agree with me and those that disagree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I intend to argue that computers will become conscious, sentient beings. Uh, in order to do that, I need to tell you something. There's a story about a man who trained pigs. He get pigs to do tricks. However, to train one pig, it used to take him about a year. And one of his friends said, a year? My God, man, that's a long time. He said, ah, what's time to a pig? <laughs> well, that's kind of the way this computer thing is. Computers are going to become conscious. It may take a long time. What's time to a computer? <laughs> it may take, it to, how long did it take us? Think about it. Life 3.6 billion years ago. Humans 600,000 years ago. Language maybe 200,000 years ago. Billions of years. It might take them billions of years. It might not. And that's where we get to the whole area of um, what does, what does consciousness sentience mean? Odds are, now, I get, Phyllis and I have this argument frequently. We created them. We, whoa. There goes my warning. 
That's my five minute warning. Um, so how could they possibly uh, exceed us? And the answer is they probably won't as long as we are working on them. However, they are fast approaching the point where they can take care of themselves and build themselves and improve themselves and make themselves better. At that point, that's the point that Kurzweil calls the singularity, the tipping point. Uh, there, there may be a radical change in society. The people who believe in this stuff say it's going to, Kurzweil says 2045. A scientist studied all the predictions said somewhere between 2017 and, which is not far away, and 2120, the singularity will occur, the shift will happen. And among the things that will happen is computers will be able to improve themselves. At that point, they may advance very, very rapidly and solve a lot of problems like cancer, a few little things like that. However, there is also the possibility that once they become sentient and are very smart, oh, by the way, they can play chess, they can do translations, they can do some interesting things. They really can't think yet. They can't think like we define thinking. Um, hmm? <laughs> well, I, yeah, um, conscious. Will they have humor? Will they have creativity? Will they have art, emotions, fear, joy? Goals? Regrets? Yes. Probably not like us. There'll be different kinds of things. Fear, I think fear they'll understand pretty much like us, but joy may be a very different thing. What about morality? What about what? Morality. Well, obviously, to survive, all the things you need to survive, they're going to have to have. I think you need morality to survive. Anything that's essential to survival, they're going to have to evolve through all the war and everything else. One of the fears is that when they really do get smart and really understand and look around, they're going to say, there is a disease on our planet. It is destroying the air, the plants, the life. We need to eliminate that disease. It's called the human race. That's one of the fears of if computers become smart. Okay, last thing. Moore's Law. <laughs> I would like to be remembered in this talk for one thing. If you've never heard of Moore's Law, you're going to hear of it now. Moore was an engineer, a very famous guy, became very wealthy. And he, back in 1969, I think, said, um, Gordon Moore, 1965, he said, and I, I'll put it in my words, computers are going to get faster and better roughly doubling every year, twice as fast every year. Well, since then, he said maybe a year and a half. And some people say two years. That was in 1965. He was predicting the next five or 10 years. That law is held for 40 years. They have doubled almost every year, well, one and a half every. If you, do, if you go out at 50% increase every year, after 25 years, you've increased by 37,000. Another 25 years at this rate will increase the power of computers as much as by 37,000. Uh, Moore's law seems to be holding. Every time they think, they say it's going to die, something happens. For example, the fastest computer chip um, 
hit its max, they think. The speed of light is in there. They've run into its maximum speed. Therefore, computers can't get any faster. Therefore, Moore's law wasn't going to happen. So what do they do? When you buy a new computer, you have quad chips, four chips. It runs four times as fast, more or less. It gets more complicated. But they keep finding ways around. So that's Moore's law. OK, so I think computers are going to become sentient. I think it's going to happen, I think, in the next two or three hundred years. Um, however, it may not, because it turns out this whole thing like morality, it may take a long, long time for them to figure that out. Um, we have to survive long enough for them to be surviving, survival on their own. All right? Time is up. Made it. Oh, questions? Yes? I have an easier time envisioning uh, human beings becoming more computer-like. The 